0: There are no people, there are no people in the future, future. no people at all, there are no people in the future, where did all my people go, there are no people in the future, let me try my people call.
1: Everybody, everybody, yes, indeed, it is Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. Yes, it is a new year, and we are back on the eve of the one year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. How about that? Yes, welcome to the Wednesday show with Cyril Micheleko. Cyril, of course, is the progressive columnist from Bucks County Courier-Times, the Intelligencer. And he's. And this show is joining Out to Coop Live, our Monday evening show, our Monday evening interview show, and our Friday Politics Roundup, in which Sean Kitchen and I break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. You can get all our shows by subscribing to our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever we get your podcasts. You also should sign up for Cyril's newsletter on Substack. You go to cyrilmichaleco.substack.com. You'll have the link right in today's show notes. You can also help support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Yes, head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress to become a patron and help make this show and all our podcasts possible can also help out the show by heading on over to our youtube channel if you're not there already and smash that subscribe button like the stream for this show and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live and make sure you join our discord server to continue the conversation all week long we're going to be ramping up our discord this year this is one of our kind of our my goals i should say Special shout-out, once again, goes to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. And check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at at Song of Day Man. That's with two N's. That's at Song of Day Man on Twitter. Well, you know, uh, on this week's show, we're going to catch up with Cyril. Cyril, I'm so glad that we're sitting back in these chairs once again. Uh, Welcome, welcome.
0: Yeah, Happy New Year. It's good to be back. I know we we kept missing each other, uh, you know, for the last month. It just, you know, the end of the year can be crazy.
1: It Uh, can be indeed. And, you know, but, you know, know, here it is, uh, 2022, and we're kind of back right here. So we're going to check in to see what's happening, uh, how his new year went and how his holidays went. Uh, So I'm so psyched to be able to do that. We're going to check in on the state of our democracy one year out from the violent insurrection on the Capitol building? Sure. We also have COVID cases skyrocketing as kids head back to school following the holiday break and the 2022 election season starts to heat up while the Bucks County school board shows no sign of moderating. And there's the breaking scandal at the Upper Bucks Technical School as the board seeks to fire the executive director, Jeffrey Sueda, for, quote, incompetency, intemperance, persistent negligence to performance of duties, willful neglect of duties, and or willing willful failure to comply with laws and directives. Yes, indeed. And we'll also check in with Cyril to find out what he's got cooking for upcoming columns so uh you know and Cyril, that's just like scratching the surface of things that are going on these days uh we also got of course the more banning of books and uh you know uh and just all sorts of craziness going on so um but other than that before we kind of jump into the craziness uh you know how was your break and how was your holidays
0: um they were really nice thanks um you know is a, a much needed kind of like rest and reprieve at least a little bit. Um, I hear you. You know, and I think everyone kind of needed it after this, you know, long year just with the pan- pandemic um in addition to the kind of the elections, the science deniers, the, you know, the militias, <laughs> the QAnon <laughs> conspiracy theorists, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? Um so, but you know, I think hopefully, I mean, I'm ready to keep fighting. Right. And I yeah. hopefully everyone at least got was a were able to recharge their batteries to kind of like, you know, fight anew because, you know, the health and, and state and if not the existence of our democracy um, hangs in the balance in these next
1: few years. And uh, we're, we're living in really dangerous times. I hear you. And, you know, and I I, like you, I did take some time myself too, just to kind of recharge my batteries, uh, you know, to kind of shut off the social media feeds for, you know, as much as I could uh, spend time with my family um, and just to kind of have a a mental break from it all. Um, And, you know, it's something that I think that, uh, you know, as I get a little bit older, I start to kind of finally listen to those folks who were saying, you know, look, you got to take care of yourself. You know, it's like the airplane airplane theory of, uh, you know, uh, of struggle where you got to put the oxygen mask over your fate, your own face for, before you start helping other people out. And, uh, And, um, you know, I'm glad to to see that, you know, so much of our movements these days are really populated with folks um, who kind of understand the need for self-care, kind of be mindful of kind of uh, not getting out in front of oneself and kind of just getting burnt out because uh, it looks like we're going to be in this for the long haul.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I I still haven't figured out how to add more hours to the day yet, though. (laughs) I still feel like I don't have enough time to get everything done that I want to do. But I think
1: think that's a lost cause, my friend. Yeah, well, you know, I keep on thinking. It's like, that's why, you know, we just keep on plugging and doing what we can do and recognize that, you know, everything is not on kind of any one kind of person or small group of people's shoulders that we do this together, you know, and that's the uh, that's the way we win. That's the way we uh, kind of support each other. And that's the way we keep going, Um, because, you know, in the face of it, just like you said, I mean, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that. You know, we're really facing a time where our our democracy is going to be challenged um, and challenged at every level. I mean, not just what we see happening, uh, you know, in Washington, D.C., but what's happening right here in Bucks County. Um, and so here is this is we're in it for the long haul now.
0: Yeah, and I, I think everyone kind of gets it right. I mean, you're seeing people kind of online and then just like what they're doing offline um, just staying like really engaged um, and realizing that it, it's going to take, you know, some sacrifice um, and commitment and perseverance, um, you know, to not only block or at least slow down um, some of these far right efforts to kind of subvert education or democracy or voting, voting rights, um, but also at the same time to kind of like You know, push uh, progressive policies. Right. Right. That can counter that. Not just for the moment, but like you said, for the long haul.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, as we look at. um, I've been troubled a little bit, um, I have to say, by the way that our say, the national media is kind of really addressing a lot of this stuff, I mean, especially when you get into cable news. Um, I think that, you know, the print journalism is much better on this score. And there's some journalists that are really kind of, <clears throat> you know, starting to do just just some, you know, bang up work. I mean, Chris Ullery, for example, at the Bucks County Courier Times has been doing some great work um, lately, too, as well. I mean, he did a great piece on what's happening in the Penridge School District with the kind of, you know, now they're banning books. Um, you know, this, this Heather has two mommies book. I mean, this is, uh, the one that, uh, they had, they ordered pulled from the shelves. I and mean, this thing has like been around for like 30 years. And there was, you know, when, when the book first came out, like whatever, 30 years ago, there was like a, a little kerfuffle about that, but then eventually waited. And this has just been around now. It's been, you know, a, a book about, you know, how to love each other and families. i mean, Oh my God, you know, this is just, this is crazy. So there is that, that kind of stuff going on. And on the other hand, you know, you see a lot of people paying attention to, um, you know, just things about following what Trump is doing. And while that is absolutely critical, um, you know, I understand there has to be we, we there need, people need to be held accountable for what happened on, on January 6th. Um, we cannot take our eye off what's happening down the street, because it seems to me that a lot of the extremism is very consciously shifting to kind of um, local races. And, you know, so our fight is right here in our backyard. And I think that one of the lessons that we can take away is that, you know, building power is not sending tweets about what's happening in D.C., but building power is organizing with, you know, folks within your community in order to take back democracy right in our own backyards. So
0: no absolutely I, I actually got to speak with Leslie newman who wrote the um who wrote the book how has two mommies so that mm-hmm. that'll be for my next column which hopefully should be out either later today or tomorrow awesome um and yeah like you you know you were saying like this this faced pushback, um you know when it first came out obviously which was in 89 and um you know at the time you had like Republican moral leaders like civil rights opponent and racist Senator Jesse Helms, or like family value charlatan Newt Gingrich, kind of politicizing this book and using, using it to kind of fan the flames of culture war, um, the culture wars even back then, right, and, and kind of using Washington and Congress in order to kind of halt progress and kind of like keep these books on the shelves so it looks like, you know, the, the junta of the school board um, led by Joan Cullen is just kind of like, you know, using the same playbook that was used 30 years ago. Um, and it, it, it's disturbing, right? It just, and what's even, I mean, where's the school district's leadership, right? Like, what is Superintendent Bolton doing? I, I mean, to have like, one, there's no transparency. Two, there's seemingly no public pushback coming from him so either this is like a profile
1: on cowardice or he's like a true believer I I don't I think Um, it's I I think it's it's slightly different I wouldn't say I wouldn't even say it was cowardice as much if from at least from my perspective I think this is one of the problems of uh, that institutions of all sorts are having right now Right. Is that, you know, the idea is that let's just assume for a second that that Bolton is not a true believer. And, you know, he's done enough in some of these school board meetings that um, that seems that he is not on board with the kind of the the ideological extremism of, say, Joan Cullen and other folks in the Penridge School District and some of the more extreme members. Um, But he's an administrator. Right. That tends to, you know, want to kind of administrate and not take a position and kind of keep his board happy and all this kind of and look i mean i think that we're at a time when people have in order to defend the institutions whether it's school whether it's media that people have to take a position and that position is not democrat republican position but it's a pro Democracy position, right? It is a pro kids position, which means things like you know, you have access to all sorts of knowledge. You don't try to censor their lives, right? It means that you've got to kind of like push down on extremism, right? And say, no, this is not, this does not have a place within our society. You know, and, you know, so people like Bolton, uh, which blows my mind, too, as well. I mean, I'm always uh, more likely to kind of say the guy's a freaking coward for not kind of standing up for this stuff. Um, But, you know, I could also say, look, you know, he's just got to he's afraid for his job or whatever. But, you know, look, that's what it's going to take. We're going to need leaders in positions like this to push back publicly because, you know, especially what happens, I think that, you know, if he's going to lose any respect of people within the community, because, you know, people have been showing up to these school board meetings now. They've been showing up to Central Buck School Board meetings and pushing back against the, the transphobia stuff. They've been showing up at the Penridge School Bus- um, District meetings and basically saying that, you know, um, pushing back against this kind of anti-diversity move um, that is being led by Joan Cullen. Um, and it's going to take a superintendent, right, and principals of schools, right, to stand up and say no and call out these people. Um, otherwise we're just, you know, the school board is going to, is going to rue the day and these people are going to be willing collaborators.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, for me though, I, I think he like showed his true colors with the whole turning point USA thing. Right. So like he couldn't even be bothered to return phone calls or a certified letter from, you know, the anti-defamation league, you know, about this group, which, has ties to like extremists, racists, and hate, which counter the values right of um, you know inclusion um, that public schools must adhere, and and so you know we're seeing that these values of inclusion being undermined again because you know the jo- Joan Cullen and her and the school board want to exclude. Anything outside of you know white heterosexual identity politics right. from the school, right? Um, so i I have very little faith that he's someone that's willing to take a stand on principle. And you would think, like, yeah, I, yes, it's tough. Like, he, I'm sure they would try to get rid of him if he actually oh, totally. did. And at the same time. If I was, like, in a school district, I would want someone like that that's willing to fight for the kids and to fight for what's right
1: to come into my district and protect it. Absolutely. Because, like, I mean, right now there is no organized institutional voice that's pushing back against what the school board is doing. And you need – I mean, this is where you do need leadership. And that's got to be – either it's got to – you know, and we're not getting it from – you know, it, it hasn't come from the leadership of PSEA, although that is beginning to change a little bit now. But either you have the teachers unions got to push back. Right. Um, or you have the administration of, uh, you know, the Penridge School District like uh, David Bolton push back. Right. Or you have, you know, the county Democratic Party push back. I mean, there's got to be some pushback against this, but we're just not getting it from our you know people who are supposed to be doing their job. I mean, they're elected to kind of defend us all and they're just, it's not happening. So, so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying, look, I, I, I'm trying to be extraordinarily as level-headed as I possibly can about this, right? Because I, because look, these are, my kids are in this school, right? And, and, and it is, it, 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 it it turns my stomach what is happening in the Penridge school district. And like my kids are going back to school in the midst of like like one of the worst aspect, uh, worst parts of the pandemic, and there's no masks, right, to be worn, right. My son is like one of the few kids in his classes that's actually wearing a mask, right. I know people that are, are have been exposed to COVID and they're sending their kids into school, you know, and they don't need to say anything. There's no. There is absolutely no accountability whatsoever. And they put out these policies that are a freaking joke to say that, Hey, if you're exposed, you need, you should follow these things, but they're not doing it. Everything is falling apart and we're sitting around here pretending that everything's okay. And I I, I mean, I don't know where to turn at this point to try to push back. I mean, again, look, parents are organizing, community members are organizing. They're pushing back in here, but I, I, I like I feel like I'm leaving out this little bit of room <laughs> to try to have some effect on the superintendent at the very least to do the right thing at this point. Um, and, and you know maybe that's that's just going to be a lost cause and maybe that we're just gonna have to start to call for his removal and to get somebody in here that's actually going to do the right thing. I don't know. but then they would have to go through the board like the board would decide that right <laughs> but then that becomes a fight right but then it becomes becomes a public fight. That parents are going to are demanding that we're going to have some sort of accountability. And then you actually have, you know, have the open fight and you have the open warfare, basically. Um, and because I, I don't see any other way that we're going to get some change in, in in Penridge, at least. I mean, the box is a little bit different, although they're looking like they're trying to double down on stuff over there, too, as well. So did
0: you happen to watch the curriculum meeting?
1: I did not. I I, I, I purposely did not. I just couldn't bring myself to watch it this time. Um, Next time around, I will watch it. Uh, Do tell. Uh,
0: I mean, I'm only like 40 minutes in and then I had to like give myself a break. Um, But it's just, you know, people need to be worried. They need to start going to these committee meetings as well. Um, You had people complaining about, you know, school board members complaining about, you know, an AP world history class that was like teaching about non-Western, like focusing on like non-Western, you know, uh, societies and, 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 and cultures and histories Um You know, never mind there's like AP US history, AP European history. So it's almost like they're mimicking this like kind of like Western chauvinism that like the Proud Boys seem to feel like, you know, is under attack in the United States that like Western culture and Western values are are, are being attacked by liberals. Like we shouldn't know about other cultures around the world. Like a student shouldn't know that. Um, and, And so like that was just something that kind of like really like you know, stuck out to me,
1: right? That was just like one of the many red flags. Oh, totally. And, you know, and and the, 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 not only are they, are are they, I mean, I think you put it right. This is Western chauvinism and this is basically what they're arguing without arguing, right? I mean, this is everything, all their practices are just duplicating what we're seeing coming out of the Proud Boys and kind of like-minded extremist organizations. And like the, the, the double injury here is that they are going to actually do damage to those kids Mm -hmm. Ability to even get into certain colleges, right? And to perform well in this. And so those kids are going to be going into college at a disadvantage. Right. Compared to kind of other students who are coming out of different districts. Right. Because other students have had the exposure to a much wider range of history, of understanding, of knowledges where what what these people see, seem to be wanting to do. And um, is to just try to close it off or pretend that we're back in the 1950s and lynching is still legal. You know, I mean, that's what it seems like they want us to kind of uh, to think about. And th- that's going to do no damage. I mean, I you know, we're lucky enough. We're lucky enough in our little family. Where, you know, my kids love to read. We kind of expose them to everything they can. And, but that's, you know, that's it. Right. I mean, that, that's what they got, you know, and some of the stuff. And I'll tell you, some of the teachers that, um, that my son have and my, and my daughter have are absolutely fantastic right? But that's going to become increasingly more difficult for them to do their jobs um, as the school board starts to clamp down on their curriculum. And I know that some of those teachers are now going to start fearing for their jobs just by teaching the curriculum that they're supposed to be teaching. So.
0: Sure. And, and the, the one teacher, and I, I'm sorry, I forget her name, but she was, she seemed brilliant. She She was great at just kind of like answering, you know, they're just kind of really uneducated and uninformed questions and comments. Um, But it's very clear that like what they believe students should be taught is a very narrow one-sided white nationalist. Yes. Not like white nationalist together, but like white and then nationalist like history that's uncritical. So they're, they're talking about like, oh, we want to teach critical thinking, but these, these, you know, books aren't teaching critical thinking because they're introducing ideas that we don't believe with and don't fall into like the Turning Point USA version of like historical curriculum. Um, and so that's what people need to like recognize and realize. Right. Like that's what they're pushing. That's what they're going to want to put in there, and and that's probably their long term plan. They're just laying the groundwork for that right now by challenging these books by um, that the teachers who are experts and who've been teaching you know these subjects and, and these materials for years are recommending because. This you know far right school board which gets their news from the One American News Network, yep. and you know it's essentially politically illiterate. They know better, right?
1: It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Well, now I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> 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 oh god! Oh god! Oh, my god! Um, well, it's just crazy. Yeah. Like this I don't mean, know. I,
0: I mean, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, like, I'm just fired up and I'm just ready to go again because it's just like, you know, this is is like kind of like, you know, I want to say it's like an existential battle. But, you know, what's happening with these schools, like they want to take over the schools because there's a long term kind of political goals and a long term political project from that. Right. Um, And that's to be kind of like raising these these um, you know students into voting adults who because of a lack of education and because of a lack of critical thinking skills and because of a lack of any kind of like worldly experience or knowledge will fall right into their kind of like, you know, right wing Republican voting block. Yep. Um, and, and and so that that's where we're at. Like if information is the currency of democracy, they're trying to bankrupt it, right? Um, by keeping these, these types of, you know, materials and these types of, you know, these broad uh, curriculums and these curriculums that offer, like, depth and breadth about, you know, history not only of the United States but, you know, of the world or, of, you know, of different, like, scientific approaches, um, you know, and the bitter fruit that's going to come from that is just, you know, more like
1: January 6, Joan Cullen-type thinkers,
0: Right. And that's the last thing we need.
1: No, absolutely. And I think that you know, you kind of were alluding to this before. Is you know, their idea about saying you know, we need critical thinking skills. Really, what that means is don't think about stuff that challenges us. So it's not critical thinking means not thinking about it, right? Is to avoid it to prevent us from actually even seeing those things, which is which is astounding to me, right? Because you, you can even imagine, you know, you know, there there used to be a a certain brand of conservatives, right, that. You know, we're also coming out of this kind of Western chauvinist tradition, right? But they weren't afraid, (laughs) right, of engaging the other side, right? They would say they would say things that I would just fundamentally disagree with, right? And they have really serious problems with, Um, but they would engage in the debate, right? Um, These folks just want to ban stuff, and again, I'm not saying this is completely brand new, but the fact is is that now they have control over our school boards, Um, and that's right here in Bucks County, which is which is a big deal which is a real no yeah, and and it's part of this like this trending
0: anti-intellectualism that's taken over the Republican party um and I think there's definitely I think it's been going on for decades but there's definitely maybe like an uptick maybe right around the Tea Party or, or yep. a little before um with Bush and and you you often also see like you know, there's this movement within conservatives to kind of disparage like college, right? So like you typically like J.D. Mullane of the Courier-Times will write a column once or twice a year about why it's a bad idea to go to college. I'm not saying college is for everyone, right? Like there are other things you can do. But you know, like part of the like college isn't just to kind of like teach you a skill so that you can be like a worker. It's continuing that progress right. from like grade school to junior high to high school about thinking, you know, about how to think. And, and to have kind of like just more like worldly knowledge so that you can kind of be
1: like a citizen. In a functioning democracy, but that's the key thing right there. That's really what's under assault. This is kind of brings us back to where we started, right? You're talking about the threat against democracy. Is that you know because I mean, you look at you start from what we're seeing here in the school boards to you know look yes your people are kind of there's questioning about how you know should you go to college and all this stuff and there's the conservative version of that which is you know look. Um, you go to college and you're just going to kind of learn how to kind of think like liberals right so those are the bad people right we're going to brand them as elitist right the, you know again it's the kind of whole kind of trope of the egg headed intellectual right of the elitist who's out of touch of the coastal elites and all that stuff which they've been cultivating now for a couple generations but now it's kind of really brought to the forefront the, but this is where it's dangerous this is also happening at a, the time that you've had you know 30 to 40 years of neoliberal economic policy that has, has defunded these institutions, right? And it's basically saddled generations with debt. So now you have a whole other group of folks who are questioning the value of college, not because they're afraid to think, right? Because they're questioning, do they actually want to have, you know, like, I don't know, $50,000 worth of debt, $30,000 worth of debt. Um, If you're you're going on to graduate school or medical school or law school, $200,000 worth of debt that you're going to have to be saddled with and having to pay off and be under the yoke of some bank someplace, right? So you've got these things happening at the same time. The defunding of those institutions, we look at what's happening in newsrooms where they've been stripping out the investigative... Because, you know, again, the the funding for newspapers is not there. The funding for investigative journalism is not there. The funding for... Education is not there. And so these are threats to democracy there. So you've got a two pronged assault, the anti intellectualism, right, that wants to kind of preach Western chauvinism. But then you've got the very structures of a liberal democracy that have been undermined by a kind of systematic defunding. Right. So, I mean, this is this is where it makes it even that much more precarious. Right. Where that much more where people are desperate. Right. And then you add the pandemic on top of all this, where we're seeing that the absolute collapse of a medical system kind of worth its name. You have the CDC now coming out with the kind of new recommendations, which everyone's looking around. So like, yeah, it just sounds like you just want us to go back to work. Right. (laughs) Not that you want to keep us safe anymore. We've given up on that. right? We've given up on science. I mean, we're really, I, I think, up against it right which is uh you know again this is where it's uh, i'm thrilled to see how many people are organizing and this is where i kind of as you know i'm saying right now i get fired up about this stuff too as well which just says look the only thing that we can do at this point is fight if we believe that we that and you know and what we're supposed to kind of to hold I don't know, we're supposed to cherish, right? Like our democratic institutions, our freedom, right? The protection of our individual rights. Then guess what? <laughs> then we got to stand up and fight for it. Because there there is no white horse coming. There is no or man on a white horse coming. There's no knight in shining armor that's going waiting to come in and going to ride in and save it for us, right? And if anything about what's happening right now with the Build Back Better bill, with Joe Biden's agenda and everything like this at a national level, if anything, that should be the nail in the coffin of any belief that somebody else is going to do it for us, right? Um, Because they're not.
0: No, and and, and then just one thing to kind of add to that is just like everything you just described, on top of that, then you're seeing this kind of like growth and explosion of people kind of gravitating towards militias towards extremist groups and then you had these polls coming out that are showing that republicans are kind of like i think it was about a third right of republicans think violence may be necessary to save democracy never mind that like 75 percent of them don't even consider the last election to be valid Right. right, and then you have like these generals warning about like how the military could play part in a coup because you have these soldiers that lack the civics education and critical thinking yep. skills, which makes them more susceptible to these conspiracy theories and these like recruitment tactics of these extremist groups. So it's like a perfect.
1: Shitstorm that's just descending upon us. Yep. Okay. Let me add one more layer to that, just to kind of to, to underscore it one more. In those same polls that talk about, you know, the number of like Republicans that are kind of will say violence might be necessary, you've also said the new this this new uh, Ipsos Ipsos poll that just came out and PR Ipsos poll that just came out. You also saw that now there's a creeping number of people on the left, right. You're also saying, oh, I don't know, maybe it is going to come to violence, right? But what's even more concerning is that the majority of people the people that are most worried about the state of our democracy the think that democracy is at risk and is at the risk of failing right now are republicans think about that is that the people, the very party that are attacking democratic institutions, they're looking to undermine voting rights. Are the, uh, There's an ideological and a propaganda push to say that our, you know, our democracy is at risk. And they're using, like, you know, the big lie as a way to kind of accomplish this, which means going into 2022 elections and then again into 2024, that they're going to use, they're going to ramp up, they're going to be ramping up their base, saying that democracy is at threat. So we need to take it back. Right. And it's a delusion. <laughs> right. They're going to use autocracy as a way of kind of, quote unquote, defending democracy, which really just means what we talked before, white supremacy and white and, you know, and, and, you know, white chauvinism. This is this is what it is, this white nationalism. Which is which is crazy. So it's like, you know, we need to get folks on our side to go, <laughs> to be as clear about the threats of democracy as they are, uh, you know, from this the, the fantasy version that they're they're facing on the Republican uh, on the Republican side of the aisle. So,
0: yeah. And, and, and just to kind of, you know, I, I think, you know, <laughs> We're talking about all this, and then you like you take a step back, and then you're just like, "Oh God," right? <laughs> like this is so much, right? But what I would say is, it starts with local organizing, right? exactly, and it starts at a grassroots level because you know, as we've mentioned before, I think there's some been some deficiencies with how. The Democratic Party and other kind of institutions that we expect to kind of, you know, be be doing more to kind of defend these democratic norms and democratic institutions and democratic practices. They're coming up short. So, you know, again, like we are like painting this doom and gloom (laughs) picture, which I think is legitimate. Yes. But you have to start locally locally. Right. And it starts at home. It starts in your neighborhood, your community, your school district. Yep. So, you know, that's what it is. You just keep doing what you're doing and growing. And, you know, I, I think at some point I, I it would be nice to have some kind of like countywide kind of like, you know, meeting where like people from like different, even if we just start with like schools, like people from different school districts are kind of like sharing their experiences and like their successes and failures and like best practices. Um, you know, for example, like at Central Buck School District, um, you know, after those, you um, You know, the anti-Semite and anti-trans bigots kind of, like, spoke at the school board meeting and, like, the school board – right-wing school board – Uh, members just uh, seemingly just like accommodated them and didn't kind of like speak up like there was an amazing community response yes and that took a lot of work right that just didn't happen spontaneously like these people were you know and uh, i've spoken with some of them like they were organizing for weeks and getting together on meetings online and in person um to make that happen um so i think there's like a lot of a lot to that we can learn from each other. Um, and I think, like, maybe, like, what happened, like, you know, how that was handled in Central Bucks could help people in Penridge, right, or in Ben Salem or whatever, um, give them some ideas of what, you know, of how they might approach kind of similar situations. And then they, they can
1: share some of the things that they've done successfully in the past. Yeah, and I think I think things are moving in exactly that direction too, as well. I mean, from from my discussions with um, some folks who were who ran for school board, both here in Penridge, but also Central Bucks, um, Palisades School District, and and beyond Berks out in Berks County too, as well. Um, there are basically um, a couple good things have come out of that. Number one, uh, I think those folks who worked in those campaigns, not just the candidates themselves, but people who worked in those campaigns who were showing up for the school boards and all that kind of stuff, um, are convinced that organizing is the way forward, right? Um, and they're also convinced that it's got to go beyond just the school board, right? Um, that we need to like move towards like some sort of countywide movement. The other thing, and this came out a little bit in my uh, interview with uh, Diana Lagerman, um, you know, who was a, a candidate for school board in Central Bucks um, when, we, uh, when she was on the show uh, back in December, Basically said, a, a lot of the candidates came, I think, confronted for the first time that the organizational structure of of the Bucks County, say, Democratic Party and other kind of state state and county Democratic parties, um, w- was insufficient, <laughs> um, if, to put it kindly, but actually um, just it w- was not prepared for the kind of organizing that needs to happen, and so I think that there's a you know a growing number of folks that are feeling that look that the uh, the if the De- if the Bucks County Democratic Party wants to have any relevancy, then they're gonna have to learn to follow the organizers as opposed to the other way around. Um, because I've heard this again and again and again, where you know the 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 Democratic Party, their D Triple C, whatever it might be, they were kind of all hands off. Um, that you had these kind of like you know like paperclip and and Scotch tape campaigns that were put together of just you know neighbors and organizers volunteering their time to go out and do their and then in comes the Democratic Party and with if they're kind of great ideas. Right. But they're not it's not wasn't based in the organizing that was happening on the ground. And that actually ran and caused problems in terms of the, um, you know, and some of those campaigns and the fact that they weren't taking the Democratic Party. The official Democratic Party was not taking their lead from those organizers on the ground, um, but was trying to kind of convince them of some other model that has continued to fail. Right. So that alone, I think, is is really important that people on the ground are saying hey instead of looking to a party we're going to look to ourselves right and we're going to look to the organizing with our neighbors and our community and that is where we're going to have our party and if the party want and if you know the official folks want to come along for the ride we welcome them with open arms um, but they're not going to stand in our way again and that's also absolutely critical because look we need to have the resources going to be put put towards organizing and put towards a building power Right, um, not just kind of like reading some kind of like you know highly paid consultants kind of you know PR plan, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Well, one thing I did want to mention, you know, I know we're coming up on time. We're already going here, but uh, if folks haven't pay attention to this, what goes on? This was uh, put in my hands by uh, uh, by a listener to the show. Um, the Upper Bucks County Technical School, um, which is uh, run, well, the executive director is by this guy by the name of Jeffrey Sweda. Um, he was hired back, as best I can tell, about 2019. Well, uh, turns out that there's this, this document that uh, has just come out from uh, um, that is basically calling for uh, his removal. Right now, the Upper Bucks County Technical School um, serves the um, Palisades, Penridge, and the Quakerdale School Districts. Um, but uh, apparently, the executive director is, and I read this at the beginning, um, but this is what they charged there that says, that you are being charged by school administration with incompetency, intemperance, persistent negligence in the performance of duties, willful neglect of duties, and or willful failure to comply with school laws and directives. What are some of those things you might ask? Well, for example... Um, he was a silver. Uh, got the super, supervisor buildings and grounds, and they got him to purchase a log splitter, a splitter, at the cost of nine hundred ninety nine dollars for his personal use for chopping wood for his home and his friends, and. He basically took paver bricks uh, from the school um, for his own use and gave some to his friends. He fueled up his own personal vehicles while asking employees to watch out for him. He cut access to the security camera so people wouldn't kind of have access to him. He had what appears to be an inappropriate relationship with someone who had been a student at the school. Right, The list goes on. So, uh, you know, this is I, – I was actually thrilled to see that this was actually make the light of day. I have not fi- seen any reporting on this thus far, right? So this is why I wanted to make sure that we got to mention this here, um, that this needs to circulate. And um, apparently uh, Jeffrey Sweeta was trying to fight this, um, even though he has admitted to almost everything within here. So I think people should be paying attention to this because there is no way that somebody who is basically stealing from the school district, right, and is corrupt to the core um, – should be at the executive director of any school, not to mention the verbal abuse that he put his employees through. So... There you go. So check that out. His name is Jeffrey Sweeta, Upper Bucks um, County Technical School. Um, I'll put a link to the document in the show notes today, too, as well, if people want to check it out for themselves. Um, The other thing, Cyril, I got to say that uh, I was thrilled to see uh, just this morning uh, the latest uh, profile of a progressive. uh, The one, the only Rick Smith kind of made it into your newsletter. Uh, I was so psyched to see him there.
0: Yeah, that was great. That that was a long time coming. Um yeah, for for those of you who don't know Rick and you should, but if you don't um check out the newsletter, you can learn a little bit, bit um a little bit more about him and then obviously like subscribe to his podcast or follow his shows just which are like everywhere cuz he's um you know, he for me, the only just war is class war, right? And he's just like a working class warrior. Um, yep. And so are a lot of the guests that he has on the show. Um, so, yeah, uh, Rick is uh, just a, a, a treasure, um, you know, for for working class folks um, and folks that care about, you know, democracy here in PA. The show's great. It's absolutely great. I'm, you know, I'm honored that he's asked me on a few times before and, you um, you know he's a big
1: sh- he's a big fan of of your work as well, Kevin. Um, something that he mentioned. Oh yeah, Rick. I mean, Rick is just like you know he was my saving grace when I when I moved to Pennsylvania. Um, is like you know I, I went to the PA Progressive Summit one year I think or maybe it was actually through no it was probably through my union is when I first met him I met him at one of our uh, legislative assemblies. Um, And just kind of used there, had a table set up at one of our legislative assemblies and we got to talking and we kept on bumping into each other, look for kind of further collaboration. Um, Sean Kitchen, who got his start here at uh, Raging Chicken, eventually worked for Rick for a little bit um, for a little time too as well. Um, Rick has been doing, you know, freaking God's work for as long as I know. And, uh, you know, right now it's all really coming into fruition. Um, you know, if you go to ricksmithshow.com, you can check out all his stuff. He's got a show on Free Speech TV now. He got picked up in WBAI in New York, KPFK in Los Angeles. he got a show now in Chicago and Minneapolis. And he's got a daily, I, I think it's launched, I think this is okay to say, um, he's got a daily national show in addition to his regular podcast that is going um, live if it's not already too. So, Check out all this stuff over at the show. and check out Cyril's newsletter um you can get um kind of a Rick's own words about it too so um pretty cool. So you said you also you got uh coming up we're gonna see the column coming out either today or tomorrow um looking at uh the interview uh the the woman I'm forgetting her name I'm sorry her- yeah Leslie and Newman. Leslie on who wrote the book. Um, Heather has two mommies. Um, look for Cyril's comment on that. Well, um, got anything else, uh, other irons in the fire, so to speak.
0: Yeah. I- I'm trying to finish up like a January 6th piece, um, that kind of like frames it within the global far right movement. Um, and then, and that'll be for the newsletter. And then as well, um, I had a great conversation with a woman who, was a member of the Jane Collective, which was an underground group in Chicago that provided abortion services um, to um, women and girls uh, pre-Rowe. And um, she was just fascinating. She was just really interesting. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, we might be going back to the future, with right. what's happening with the Supreme court. Right. And, 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 if you missed it, I also, you know, over the break, um, I had a couple of different articles, but there, there was one just kind of like looking at how El Salvador, um, can kind of provides a glimpse into what a post row, um, United States might look like given that like the same groups, um, global Christian anti-choice groups that are funding challenges to Roe v. Wade, um, here in the United States are the ones that are kind of funding these same efforts in developing countries uh, with weaker democratic institutions. And right now in El Salvador, you know, if you have a miscarriage or stillbirth, you're, you're looking at 30 years in prison, right? right? That, that's the wow. type of like misogynistic um, policy framework that they have. Where doctors are actually now like, you know, they've been turned into snitches because they fear that they can be tried as accomplices. Yep. Right. If, if one of the, if, if a, um, if a woman loses a baby, right. So, um, you can check that out and I'll, I can, we can put a link in, in the show. I'll notes put a link too as well. as well. Yeah. And
1: it, if people are looking for it right now, you can. I mean, if you look, I'll put a link in the show. It came out on December eighth. That was a fantastic piece. Uh, do check that out. Yeah. And I should also say that, um, you know, this is where our hands are not clean in this country on this one, because very much this is the logical conclusion of the kind of death squad policies that the United States government fostered so long in El Salvador. I mean, part of some of my original activism when I went to college was um, working with uh, in a solidarity movements with the people of El Salvador through CISBASE and through um, the Student Revolutionary Front of El Salvador um, as uh, we help fund death squads and these kind of extreme kind of religious uh, you know, brutal auto- like autocrats like down throughout El Salvador, and now here, you know, the, the people of El Salvador are still paying the price for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the school board members like in Penridge want to teach more about Reagan. I would love to put together some lesson plans totally. about Reagan's foreign policy in Central America, um, supporting you know death squads in El Salvador who whose members um, raped. And murdered nuns, assassinated yep. Archbishop Oscar Romero, or whether it was Reagan palling around with genocidal dictator Ifran Rios Montt in Guatemala, yep. um, where he carried out a scorched earth campaign against the, the country's uh, indigenous Mayan population. Um, so, if Joan, if you're listening and you want me to put together some materials, <laughs> I could put together a reading list for some high school students in Penridge
1: yeah and uh and i'd be happy to come in and speak to any class um as uh as a guest speaker about why my first time i ever got arrested for civil disobedience was being chained to the rayburn office building protesting a vote um to go for funding dust squads in el salvador so i'd be happy to lend uh you know uh my piece of history um to that reagan uh story (laughs) (laughs) we're ending it on a high note (laughs) yes there you go (laughs) there you go well, Cyril, you know, I know we went long today, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's great catching up. Uh, it's great to see you and talk to you again. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm with you, man. I'm here for the fight. Um, I'm charged up, ready to hit um, 2022 in um, full steam ahead, man. So uh, I'm glad to be uh, right by your side fighting the good fight. Right on. Thanks, Kevin. All right, you got it. So this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. This has been the Wednesday show with Cyril Micheleco. Yes, we're back for 2022. Uh, we're looking for lots more of these in the kind of weeks and months ahead. For now, this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Uh, make sure you tune in to our Friday show. And we're back again on Wednesday and Wednesday. We'll see you then. See See ya!